Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us here at Spiritually Speaking. Let's, Let's chat. chat. With me today is Mumtaj, a beautiful soul being, my, my spiritual daughter, confidant for almost 11 years now. I'm excited to say that Mumtaj is going to share with us, you know, her blessed journey from being bullied with a speech impediment to self-awareness and continued journey to enlightenment and how she uses communication and metaphysics to inform her daily life, her purpose on the planet, and what that looks like. So with me, without further ado, is Mumtaj. Hey, Mumtaj. Hey, hello, Jeanette Marie and Caroline. Yay. Caroline will be saying hello later, I promise everyone. She has not forgotten. So talk to me about what it was like for you as a beautiful being with a speech impediment. Yes, uh, the age that I found out I had a speech impediment was probably in middle school. And keep in mind, I didn't think there was anything wrong with me until I got older. And then I, I found the label that it was a speech impediment, aka stuttering. And of course, through not being able to speak words, but your mind is able to speak, that was difficult to form sentences, to form words, and most importantly, to form friendships. I can imagine that that would be really confusing as a young woman, young, young little being, I should identify better, having to engage folks not knowing that there was a situation at play, and then having it pointed out and mm. being probably ridiculed I don't want to put words in your mouth no most definitely by my current friends at that age and even by adults what did that look like what did that sound like and most importantly what did that feel like oh the struggle the pain right the not being recognized that I am more than not speaking up and then eventually oh, okay. down the line I was like yes I can speak up now because I was able to somehow find the strength and the answers to allow myself to freely speak. Which is such a gift to us all. One of the things I admire the most about you is your absolute incarnate ability to let people be right where they are mm. and allow them to have freedom of speech and expression without judgment. I mean, it's just such a delicious, delicious delight to be in your presence and be an observer of that you know, demonstration of love, because I think that if I was to sum you up, love genuinely would be the essence of you. So having said that, can we talk a little bit about some situations of being bullied? And, you know, if, if it's if it gets too much, and it gets triggering for you, we can just say strawberry. It's fine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> One of my favorite fruits. <laughs> Yay. A delicious delight because you know just because like we're on a journey and things like you know may not look and feel well like it doesn't mm. mean that it's not valuable it doesn't mean that it doesn't have its you know delicacy to it it's, it's healing yeah, properties and it's absolutely true a strawberry has great aroma their their coloring is you know very earth ground mother earth chakra mm. love it love it love it, it just anyways I can go on for days, but I shall not <laughs> let me let you talk there you go, my love, please. Yes, uh, please remind me your question again. For instance, of what had happened, what had happened was, right? Mm. And what that looked like, felt like, sounded like yeah. for your young being. 
Yes. Um, from what I can remember, of course, there was a, there was a lot of pain, right? And, and um, a lot of shadow self, right? Because I didn't know what happiness looked like. And back then, I, I didn't even know, sadly, um, to smile because I was so numb everywhere, everywhere that it that I had a hard trouble smiling. So I think it's important to identify your speech impediment, right? Oh, no, no, of course. Thank you. So um, speech impediment back then, yes. So I was very timid. I was very timid and because of my speech impediment, so I didn't know how to speak up. What was the speech impediment? Stuttering. Thank you. Thank you. It was hard to come back around to, huh? Yes. Do you feel like it's because you like left that behind and you're like, I don't really want to dig out that shadow self part of me. You can say that. <laughs> so what about the idea of how you've um, overcome bullying? Can you recall one situation that somebody shamed you or made you feel unworthy and or fill in the blanks? Oh, of course. I mean, this one period in middle school, I had someone through um, bubble gum and it landed in my hair. Mm-hmm. And that was like, oh, goodness. Right. And they threw that at you because of your speech impediment? That or because I was always to myself. So I was an, an easy victim. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I tried to um, find friends, but I felt incomplete as part of the missing puzzle piece, you could right. say. You know, and, and walking through being incomplete, I, f- I finally found completion, but it took me years, of course. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember how I overcame being bullied. O- honestly, I feel like that's that's a gray area for me. Okay, that's um, fair. Yeah, but I know I overcame it. I just don't know how. But what I can tell you is how I overcame a speech impediment sometime in high school. I came upon this article where I read that an actor had um, a speech impediment too, and he would read his lines out loud every single day until he overcame it. And I was like, whoa, if he's able to do that, then I'm able to do that as well. Absolutely. Keep in mind, back then, I, didn't, I did not know there was such a thing as a speech pathologist. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there, was, there were people out there that can heal me with that. No idea at that age. Right. And I remember at that time, um, my parents had ordered um, the LA Times newspaper and I would go find a favorite page and it had to do with books. So I, (laughs) because I'm a bookworm at heart. Right. So I remember over the weekend, I would read the whole thing from beginning to end, and I made sure to pronounce every single syllable, every single word, and so forth. Out loud? Out loud. Brilliant. Out loud. Brilliant. Until eventually I was able to speak again without a stutter, probably in my early 20s is my estimation. So can I ask you a question? Yes. You had mentioned like, you know, not really recalling the ways in which people bullied you, but you do have the recollection of being bullied and... Um, found yourself isolated and alone inside of all of that. And then now you're finding your way out, right? So my question to you is, was it really a negative to have had the blessed gift to overcome a speech impediment? 
or was it by design? Like, what does your higher mm. self say to that? I definitely see it as a gift because that allowed me to be the individual that I am now. Let's talk about that. It's very enlightening to have a voice, to use that voice, because I'm also a writer. I'm a poet. Yes, you are. So I channel a lot through words. Yes. A lot. And I find that um, a place where I feel safe in. Beautiful. So hopefully you can read us a little one of your poems, maybe one of the ones you read me the other day. <laughs> that one was pretty great. So now moving forward, here you are still trying to find your way, your purpose, your reason, still going into the books and finding finding your soul's comfort, if I may, your spirit's comfort, because our soul's never tattered or, mm. or wrong, just, you know, the, the essence of who we are in truth, right? Yes. But your soul's accompany is the spirit, and the spirit is informing you and guiding you and through literature and also teaching you how to articulate in a way that gives you confidence mm. and presence. Would you agree that's a yes? Yes. Brilliant. So now you're there. When did you start to navigate your journey into self-confidence, self-presence, recognizing you in a crowd, regardless of the crowd? What was that turning point? Where was that? What's your timeline there? Mm, I will never forget. Age 27. <laughs> 27? Yeah. Loud and clear, 27. Okay. Where were you? Where was I? Goodness. Um, astro astrologically speaking, that was my Saturn return. Where were you in a physical? Oh, goodness. I don't know, but I know it was around my birthday. Okay. When when there was just an avalanche of events, of situations that allowed me to break out of my box, mm. that allowed me to enter into another realm that was not, that I was not familiar with. Right. What's the avalanche? The avalanche was all of these, these breakups, friendships, relationships. It was one after the other. And I didn't know how to compute. I, I didn't know how to run away from the avalanche i had it eat me in a way so you stood in it like the tortured artist that you are <laughs> is that what you're really saying you very much it. so you allowed it to inform you and in there a saturn return ticket sold <laughs> got it yeah. do you remember like where you were working you know at 27 i was an undergrad i was an undergrad 27 yeah i was still f i wanted the life of of an artist that i'll never forget i wanted to be a writer, all the good stuff. And then the avalanche happened. <laughs> right. So I remember you at that age. Yes. I remember you because I knew you before then. Like, no, I actually met, so. yeah, met you at a metaphysical shop that, you know, I came on as, mm. as the medium because obviously that's what I do. Yes. And I remember just falling absolutely in love with you and who you were and the way you moved with people and your grace and... Um, always keeping the tone back into the light language, mm. which I, you know, I'm all about the light language. Yes. You know, I have that gift of hearing it when it, when it's out of, out of whack, when the distortion is hit, I get a ting mm. in my ear and I can just remember, you know, deliciously taking you in and not hearing any of that. So, you know, when I heard that you had been bullied, I thought, oh my goodness, I need to have you on my podcast. Mm. You know, what I'm recognizing you is in when I first met you and how you were taking all of the tools in, all of the metaphysical tools in. You knew all the crystals. You knew all their meanings. And if you didn't, you looked it up. I can remember watching you walk clients to their 
really dark shadow selves back into a place that gave them balance and integrity and allowed them to be heard and seen. Yes. So would you say that that gift being allowed to be heard and seen comes from not being heard and seen and making it a constitution within your character to deliberate from there? Is that, is that a truth for you or am I just making it all for like, (laughs) yes, it's a high truth for me. High truth. Because I want everyone to be authentically seen and heard in whatever space they find comfort in. Do you recognize that within yourself that you offer that to them? Yes. Yes. And do you feel that that's because uh, you have a compassionate heart from once you came? Yes. Yeah. Because I truly believe that like compassion is not compassion unless it includes us. Right. And I find that you walk in this state of grace. And something I, I've often said, unfortunately, our Caroline's mic um, did a little boo-boo on us, so she can't chime in on this. But I can, if she could, she would agree with me. Or maybe you can pass your mic over a little bit. You know, I can, I say to everyone who gets the blessed gift of meeting you, you know, this is who she is authentically. Would you not agree? Absolutely. Just so charming and straightforward and open present absolutely present absolutely thank you thank you for working with us folks and thank you caroline you're the amazing beautiful being as well you know because that is what you offer you're allowed to cry and i love that we get to give our feelings dignity those of you who cannot see Mumtaj is feeling feeling the love you know this is a woman who holds a lot of suffering for a lot of people and transmutes it for them what do you think that your greatest gift has been to you I would say to be as loving as I possibly can to meet people in a non-judgmental perspective. I agree. I agree. So how do you hold that space for yourself? And listen, we all fall short. I've been in full practice for 30 years. And it's so funny, like we were just joking earlier when we were here grounding and, you know, meditating and creating intention. And before that, you know, having a little break the bread moment. And, you know, we're having a little process conversation. And I remember saying, you know, don't get me confused. Like I'm a medium clairvoyant clairaudient. I'm not a guru. I fall short often. And I I love the knowing of that, that place inside of me that stays really thirsty and hungry and humble to learn and grow and evolve. Because I find that when I stand from that place, that's like, egoic like i'm so smart i'm so this i'm so that and i find a lot of that happens in our community which i've learned from you to just sit back breathe and give it grace where me it's like a little bit of a point of like ouch (laughs) and i have to separate myself to you know realign because that's not loving and that's not serving that's me hurting me and others around me. And I'm not comfortable in that skin. But at the same time, I am so grateful to understand that it is a journey and that we all get to learn and grow at whatever level and pace that we're at. And when we can attach the non-judgment to that and just be in that mutual space, like it's such a beautiful, delicious outcome. So having said all that, you're welcome world. What is your greatest lesson that you have learned that you still need to grow in? I would say to accept words, most specifically compliments. Ah, the receiving is still hard. So that, that beginning moment in time where the trauma separated you and isolated you. And it's funny because you said, you know, I, I didn't know where to run from it, you know? 
later in life. You know, you learned really to sit in that because you were already in a full practice by that point. I know because I was there and around yes. that during this time-ish. That, that moment that scars us and sets us on our trajectory, right? The lesson that we are supposed to learn from it played its hand. So that's that place that blocks us and doesn't allow us to receive the love and the nurture. And, you know, as Brene Brown says, you know, if you don't stand in your own story, you're going to hustle outside of it for worthiness. And that, that can play its hand in being aloof. That makes people inquisitive of you, right? They have to draw into you and then that makes it safe, but it's still a distortion of energy. Or it could also play in like having toxic relationships and stand in that and look around like, hey, what's my lesson here? Am I making this about me? Because the original breaking point for you was like the, the speech impediment, even the mere word that we've given it in society, to me is offensive. You know, your speech blessing that separates you, right, is going to inform you. We could celebrate that. How do we get there? One. And then it actually ties you in to having these toxic relationships. I'm over talking your turn. Would you say that that played its hand? I would say so, yes. Especially um, figuring out, okay, well, what are my wants and needs? And yes, I've, I've, I've had my share of toxic, of toxic. But what did that look like? Like that person did this and then you had your reaching point. What did they do to you? Mm. Well, um, at that point, I was in a close friendship with someone where they um, were very codependent. And at the same time, I was in a close relationship with someone who was also codependent. Mm. So I was smack in the middle. Mm. Codependency. So can you tell me what we, codependency as, you know, as a woman who is a therapist now who's gotten her master's, you know, communication is kind mm. of your lifeline. It's how you make your money. Yes. Who incorporates, you know, I think it bears witness to identify that you... 10 years in a metaphysical shop. And of course, you're going to bring that to your practice today. Yes. But can we look at what codependent looked like then for you? Mm. It looked like being an individual with no control, always being below and always following the herd. So as your childhood, you relived it. Yes. And then you come to that place with Saturn returns, like, all right, Phoenix, let's rise, mm, right? Very much so. Yeah. And I remember that. I remember that moment when you like, I'm going to separate from these people. Yes. Right. What was your role in that? What do you think your role was in that? Oh, gosh. In the friendship or in the separation? In the codependence relationship, the trauma bonding. Gosh. Um, I think my role was to take it in. Of course. And like, even though I didn't know how to speak up, I did have a lesson in taking it in. Right. Standing in it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. deciding like, I'm not, I don't have to yes. participate in the dysfunction of that role anymore. Right. Correct. Would you find that that was your solidifying moment when you really entered into full empowerment? I would say it took place a few years after that. Okay. That's beautiful. Right. Are you still, you're still learning? Yeah. Always. Yes. Always. Because codependency comes in, in different people and, and it presents differently too, right? And, and because I'm a therapist, I'm a huge fan of attachment theory. Tell me about that. So in attachment theory, there's three realms. 
there's the anxious realm, there's the avoidant realm, and then there's the secure realm where we all want to be. Yeah, that place. Safe. Safe and sound. Stable. Yes, all of that. All of that. So what does it look like to be in the other realms? We know what it looks like to be in the safe realm. Right. So maybe we don't. Yes, yes. So to brief on um, what anxious attachments look like and what avoidant may look like, right? So for anxious avoidance, I would say it's individuals who are constantly worried about their partner, mm-hmm. right? Constantly texting, constantly calling, constantly thinking where it consumes their thoughts and their emotions and their mm-hmm. mentality, right? Those are anxious beings. Where do you think that came from? Oh gosh, childhood trauma all the way. Yeah. Childhood right? trauma. So when when that particular is playing out, would that be like I'm left alone in my emotions, my thoughts, my feelings? Yes, and they do not mm-hmm. know how to live in that. Right. AKA codependent. AKA like love and belonging did not play its hand, which usually so. attributes to a lot of separation issues in life. Yes. Like not feeling a part of it can contribute to those types of saboteurial behaviors, correct? Of course. And then what was the other one? Avoidance. The avoidance. Right. You say that like it is a flag. <laughs> avoidance. Avoidance. Got right? it. Right. And and that is similar in what you had presented too. Mm-hmm. Right. All of that and the rooted is childhood trauma. Right. The parents not being around being by themselves and knowing that that's where they feel safe 